You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Fourth and Manageable, an SEC football podcast. Brought to you by 2400 Sports. Now, here's Brad Edwards. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Brad Edwards, and this is 4th and Manageable, our new podcast on SEC football. This is week three of the college football season, which means that we just recently had the polls to begin week three. And as we expected, the AP poll moved Georgia to number one after Alabama's close call at Texas on Saturday. This is the 27th consecutive AP poll with either Alabama or Georgia as the number one team. Go back to the end of the 2020 season when Alabama was number one for the final eight weeks. Then Alabama started last season number one until they were replaced by Georgia after Alabama's loss at Texas A&M. Georgia obviously number one all the way through to the SEC championship game. Alabama upsets Georgia, Alabama moves to number one, and then Georgia, after winning the national championship game against Alabama, they went to number one for the final poll of the 2021 season. Alabama, preseason number one for 2022, and had uh, two weeks at number one before being replaced by Georgia. So 27 consecutive weeks with one of those two SEC teams being ranked number one. Very impressive. Now, what was unexpected from Sunday's polls is that the coaches did not drop Alabama. They kept them at number one, and so uh, Georgia, number two in the coaches' poll behind the tide. And it creates a rare situation of split number ones. This used to happen fairly often in college football, but but since the the BCS-slash-playoff era, where there just became a lot more of a consolidation of everything and I think a lot more uniformity in thought, the way that everybody kind of looks at the rankings. It's become much more rare for there to be a week where you don't have two teams or two different teams ranked number one. I'm sorry, it's been become much more rare to have a week where there are two different teams ranked number one. And... What's uh, even more uncommon is to have the the split number ones in the two polls both be from the same conference. Uh, but it's not the first time uh, that it's happened in this BCS slash playoff era. In fact, it's the fourth time that one conference has had both number one in the AP poll and a different team number one in the coaches poll. And... Surprise, surprise, surprise. All four times it's been the SEC. So the last time this happened was in the 2019 season, not that long ago. In both week 10 and week 11, 
LSU was number one in the AP poll and Alabama was number one in the coaches poll, just like we have this week with Georgia and Alabama. And then week eight of 2009, it was Alabama was number one in the AP poll and Florida was number one in the coaches poll. So those are the only four times this has happened in the the BCS slash playoff era, which goes back to the 1998 season. And um, all four times that, that a conference has done this, it has been the SEC. No big surprise because clearly the SEC is the league that has dominated college football over that span. Also, in the poll on Sunday, Kentucky moved up to number nine. And it is the first time that Kentucky's been ranked in the top 10 since 2007. It was a little bit of a surprise to me when I saw that, uh, but I looked back and I saw that Mark Stoops' teams in recent years, two different seasons had made it to number 11, but they never quite made it into the top 10. So first time for the Wildcats in the top 10 since 2007. They haven't won a game as a top 10 team since 1977. When when they got into that top 10 in 2007, they were, I believe it was 5-0 and to start the season. They, they were ranked number eight, and then they went to South Carolina on a Thursday night. They were upset, and they dropped way back out of the out of the top ten. But the next week, they played at home against number one LSU. They pulled the upset. I believe it was triple overtime. It was at least double overtime. And they vaulted back to number eight. And then that week, they lost to Florida. So they actually were ranked in the top ten two different weeks in that 2007 season, and they lost both times they took the field with that number eight next to their name. So uh, they play Youngstown State on Saturday, so you would certainly think that Kentucky this weekend will win its first game as a top 10 team since 1977. Uh, What's also interesting is with Kentucky now uh, having ended that drought of being in the top 10, the only SEC school that has not been ranked in the top 10 of the AP poll at some point in the last 10 seasons is Vanderbilt. And it's not a surprise, you know, that that Vanderbilt hasn't done it, but every other school in the SEC at least one week in the last 10 seasons, so since 2013, has been in the top 10, uh, which is pretty amazing. And And it shows the depth of the conference and, you know, we're going to add two more teams to the league in, you know, just a couple of seasons with, with Texas and Oklahoma. And, and you would think that, that sometime uh, in the first few seasons in the league that Texas and Oklahoma will be ranked in the top 10. So it just goes to speak to the overall depth of the league that you can have that many teams. And, you know, from one season to the next, that you know, you might not have the, the same, I mean, I look outside of Alabama and Georgia, you might not have the same teams that are on top all the time, but you're going to have a lot of competition year in and year out throughout the rest of the league. And uh, I think you just, you see that through that particular stat or trend or, or whatever you want to call it. Also uh, in the top 10 this week is Arkansas. Arkansas is at, at number 10, one spot behind number nine, Kentucky. And you see four SEC teams now with uh with Georgia, Alabama, Kentucky, and Arkansas in the top 10. And uh, I saw a a clip uh, from Sam Pittman's press conference uh, earlier this week where 
he mentioned um, Bobby Petrino's teams and the success they had. And if you remember correctly, back in late in the 2011 season, there was one week where the top three teams in the nation were all from the SEC, all from the SEC West. It was number one LSU, number two Alabama, and they obviously ended up being one and two into the national championship game and and played each other. But number three, I believe it was Thanksgiving week, uh, was Arkansas. And, and that was before Arkansas played LSU and lost and took their, their second loss of the, of the season. They ended up losing to both, uh, to both uh, LSU and Alabama that year. Um, and it, that was Bobby Petrino's team. And Sam Pittman was just making the comment that, you know, he really appreciated the job that uh, Petrino had done because it had helped them recruit. And uh, the reason he was mentioning that is because um, – Petrino is the coach of Missouri State, which is who uh, Arkansas is playing this week. So, so Petrino coming back to Arkansas, which is an interesting aspect of this game. Um, but when I heard him say that, I was like, you know, that, that there's something to that, which is that d- despite just the 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 just drastic lows <laughs> of the program right before Sam Pittman took over, and and the lack of wins in conference play. It wasn't like you had to go back all that far to convince recruits that Arkansas could be really good. I mean, it was just at that point, basically ten years earlier, you know that that they had been ranked number three. And it's not like like you think about this, the situation that Nebraska's in right now, as they have to replace Scott Frost, they go look for a new coach. To first of all, to convince a coach to come there that that Nebraska can still be a contender is one thing but then for that coach to turn around and convince recruits that they can be great it's a lot harder of a sell despite the history of Nebraska which the history is much greater than what Arkansas has but it's been so long since Nebraska was was a contender late in the season that I, I don't. I don't know how many recruits are going to really buy into that at this point. And uh, you know, for Sam Pittman, he didn't have to go back that far to show when when Arkansas truly was a contender uh, for the national championship very late in the season. So it could be done. And uh, I thought that was interesting and probably appropriate that he thanked Bobby Petrino and his staff for what they had done because it it was uh, a very um, useful thing for Arkansas recruiting. And then. One other thing that we get off the, the polls here, and uh, and by the way, I want to just give a, a quick uh, thank you um, to uh, to college poll uh, excuse me college poll archive um, dot com, uh, which was the source for a lot of the information that I just gave you. Um, for those of you who love to look up things on your own, bookmark that site college poll archive dot com. Um, they've got uh, just about anything you would want to be able to to find on the history of the AP poll. And uh, that was where I was able to get a lot of the, the good stuff that I just shared with you. So the, the the last thing is after two weeks, I was noticing the incredible completion percentage that Will Rogers, the Mississippi State quarterback, has. Uh, almost 79% of his passes he's completed. And I just wanted to check and see where that ranked. And it ranks fourth, fourth nationally. And I'm looking at the list and what struck me is that he is the only player of the top six right now in completion percentage who is not a transfer. 
you, you look at number one is a guy named Henry Columbi, who is the Marshall quarterback, just engineered that upset of, of Notre Dame over the weekend, who was previously at Texas Tech. Number two is Caleb Williams at USC, who just transferred from Oklahoma following Lincoln Riley there. Garrett Schrader, the former Mississippi State quarterback, is actually one spot ahead of, of Will Rogers. He's now at Syracuse, for those who didn't know. Number five is Talia Tongavailoa, to his little brother, who transferred from Alabama to Maryland. And then number six is LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, who was a transfer from Arizona State. And, and so as I'm looking at this, it just kind of reinforced to me. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The, the, The transfer, I don't want to say the transfer portal, because players have always been able to transfer, but the idea of being able to transfer in and play right away and how coaches are now able to use that to their advantage. And, and especially in some of these cases where there is a relatively new head coach, to be able to, to go out and find someone who already has college experience, who you know is going to fit your offensive system and plug them right in, it, it's a lot more of a quick fix than having to recruit someone right out of high school, allow them to get the experience and learn the offense and all the things that kind of go into, you know, being able to have success on that side of the ball. It's not easy. It's it's not impossible for a true freshman to do. We've seen some good ones in recent years, but it's not easy. And and so I think what we're really witnessing uh, as, as we look at this stat sheet here is the impact that these transfer quarterbacks can have, uh, especially with new coaches who are trying to install a new offense and they need someone right away who's a good fit for that offense. And um, it, that's just where we are right now in college football. And, it, and it's not just quarterbacks, obviously. There are a lot of positions where this happens, but it's the most important position on the field and the one that's going to have the greatest correlation to your team winning games. And and so um, it, it is a quick fix. And I think it's, it's something that we're only going to see increase is the number of quarterbacks who are transferring if they don't get the, the chance to start right away because they see things like this. They see guys who go to another school and they find a place where they fit better. And some of them have success. Now, I'm sure if we look at this list, you know, week 10, you're not going to have five of the top six be transfers. Um, but it really just shows, especially early in the season, being able to get an offense going and how important that is uh, to have someone who fits your system. So um, just just one observation on my part that I wanted to share with you. 